Alam, very, Abitram, sacred, Danyam, conferring wealth, Yashasham, bearing fame, Adam, the receptacle, Ayu, of longevity, Ashisham, of the objects of one's desire. Prana, of the vital organs. Indriyanam, of the organs of action. Yudi, on the field of battle. Surya, the strength. Vardhanam, increasing. Narayanaha, Lord Narayan. Ante, at the end of life, Gatihi, shelter, Anga, O dear Shonaka, Shimbatam, of those who listen. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada, Jai Prabhupada. This most sacred narrative confirms extraordinary merit. Wealth, fame, longevity, and all the objects of one's desire. On the field of battle, it promotes the strength of one's vital organs and organs of action. One who listens to it at the last moment of his life is transferred to the supreme abode of the Lord, O oh dear Shonaka. Please repeat. This most sacred narrative. This most sacred narrative. Confers extraordinary merit. Confers extraordinary Wealth, fame, longevity, and all the objects of one's desire. On the field of battle, it promotes the strength of one's vital organs and organs of action. One who listens to it at the last moment of his life is transferred to the supreme abode of the Lord. Oh dear Shonaka. Devotees are generally attracted by the narratives of the pastimes of the Lord. And even though they do not prosecute austerities or meditation, this very process of hearing attentively about the pastimes of the Lord will endow them with innumerable benefits such as wealth, fame, longevity, and other desirable aims of life. If one continues to hear Srimad Bhagavatam, which is full of narratives of the pastimes of the Lord, at the end of this life, one is sure to be transferred to the eternal transcendental abode of the Lord. Thus, hearers are benefited both ultimately and for as long as they are in the material world. That is the supreme, sublime result of engaging in devotional service. The beginning of devotional service is to spare some time and listen to Srimad Bhagavatam from the right source. Lord Jaitanya Mahaprabhu also recommended five items of devotional service, namely to serve the devotees of the Lord, to chant Hare Krishna, to hear Srimad Bhagavatam, to worship the deity of the Lord, and to live in a place of pilgrimage. 
Just performing these five actions can deliver one from the miserable condition of material life. Om Ajnan Niranasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Umilitam Yena Tasmai Shri Guru Vedamaha. Lancha Kapu Trugyasha Kipa Sindhu Vedacha Atitanam Bhavani Vyo Vaishnavi Vyo Namo Namaha. Namaste Jivanandaya Dasaya Vajarani Ramupad Lavaya Snidashi Lavi Nodine Ajnana Dvantiramanam Hashtate Bhutitaram Jnana Guruta Chita Ine Chakshashe Namaha. Nama O Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Sri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Charine Nevi Shishya Shunyavari Pashya Charisatarine Jai Shri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vas Adi Gauravati Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare This most sacred narrative confers extraordinary merit, wealth, fame, longevity to all the objects of one's desire. On a field of battle, it promotes the strength of one's vital organs and organs of action. One who listens to it at the last moment of his life is transferred to the supreme abode of the Lord, O Shonaka. This is Sutta Goswami, and he is still speaking to Shonaka Rishi, the sage of the Namasaranya, and just finished uh, narrating this pastime of. Lord Gore, Brahadev, killing the demon Ranyaksha. And this was a story told by Maitreya Muni uh, to Vidura. And so everybody's listening to the pastimes of the Lord here in different circles, and we're continuing to uh, converse about these um, wonderful topics of the Lord. And so there's a blessing here at the end of this chapter. As oftentimes um, devotees give these great blessings, the Lord gives blessings. When we do something good, when we do good, we get, we get a blessing, we get a benediction. Um, so it's uh, training good behavior, the living entity. But it's also um, real. It's a real, real blessing that the Lord gives when we when we go ahead and uh, immerse our consciousness in transcendental subject matters which is the main practice for this age and last week um, we, we described the, the key to gaining uh, taste for hearing the Lord which is serving the devotees serving the devotees of Krishna um, because our access to the Lord in this world is service to those who know and love Him. So when we connect with the devotees of the Lord, that's the way we get in touch with the Lord in this world. And that's why the places of pilgrimage are places where the Lord is not alone, but He's there with His devotees, performing pastimes. So the most sacred places in existence are only sacred because the Lord has come perform pastimes with his devotees. 
And so we can see that these five methods, most powerful methods of devotional service that our Prabhupada is, is speaking on, that are given by Sri Rupa Goswami, they're all centered around hearing. Like we're chanting Hare Krishna, and we're hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, and the association of devotees in a holy place. And as we're worshipping the deity, and we're worshipping the deity, we're not, it's not just a silent puja. There's kirtan going on. So you see, the central part is the hearing and chanting, which is greatly enhanced by being in that sacred place with devotees. And it's actually stated in the, the Shastras that um, a benediction also that these, these five processes, especially of devotional service, are so powerful that even a slight performance of one of these processes can awaken love of Krishna. And our materialistic mind may reject this statement. We think, well, I perform this slightly. I perform this slightly, and I don't feel any love for Krishna. Well, also, we may be humble. Maybe, maybe you all, I'm sure you all do have love for Krishna. Uh, you have some love for Krishna. Otherwise, why day after day would you be serving Krishna? Thank you. It's always sacred, even if it's a year old. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. It's Nirmalya. It's the Lord's remnant. No, I'm not. <laughs> if, it were, if it were that old, it's still sacred. Just as sacred. Um, and so, yeah, so we may, we may think, well, uh, I feel like I, my anarchists haven't been purified. I haven't attained love for Krishna, but I have performed at least not only one of them, but Srila Prabhupada gave us all five every day. All five of these most potent practices every single day. I feel like a slight performance. Where is my love for Krishna? We can we can call out like that. Um, it's also um, our receptivity um, to these potent practices and uh, the trajectory that is being laid out for us. So like we can say that when you when you win the lottery, you, you win the uh, eighty million dollar lottery. You can say you have $80 million, but you may not have received the ticket and cashed it in yet. But you've won that lottery. So, when these, when these, through the mercy of Guru, when he gives us this devotional service, and he endows us with Krishna consciousness to serve the Lord, he blesses us to serve the Lord, when we sincerely take up that process, we are a millionaire, a billionaire. We have, we have won all the wealth in the world. But maybe it fully hasn't been realized because it takes time. And so I'd like to um, um, juxtapose this particular statement with another really important way to understand the need for hearing. This is also from the third canto, 27th chapter. The Supreme Personality of God had said, one can get liberation by seriously discharging devotional service unto me and thereby hearing for a long time about me or from me. By thus executing one's prescribed duties, there will be no reaction and one will be freed from the contamination of matter. 
So Srila Prabhupada comments, he says, Sridhar Swami comments in this connection that by association with material nature alone, one does not become conditioned. Conditional life begins only after one is infected by the modes of material nature. If someone is in contact with the police department, that does not mean that he is a criminal. As long as one does not commit criminal acts, even though there is a police department, he is not punished. Similarly, the liberated soul is not affected, although he is in the material nature. Even the Supreme Personality of Godhead is supposed to be in association with material nature when he descends, but he is not affected. One has to act in such a way that in spite of being in the material nature, he is not affected by contamination. Although the lotus flower is in association with water, it is not mixed with the water. That is how one has to live, as described here by the Personality of Godhead, Kapiladev. One can be liberated from all adverse circumstances simply by seriously engaging in devotional service. How this devotional service develops and becomes mature is explained here. In the beginning, one has to perform his prescribed duties with a clean mind. Clean consciousness means Krishna consciousness. One has to perform his prescribed duties in Krishna consciousness. There is no necessity of changing one's prescribed duties. One simply has to act in Krishna consciousness. In discharging Krishna conscious duties, one should determine whether, by his professional or occupational duties, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is satisfied. In another place in the Bhagavatam, it is said, everyone has some prescribed duties to perform, but the perfection of such duties will be reached only if the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari, is satisfied by such actions. For example, Arjuna's prescribed duty was to fight, and the perfection of his fighting was tested by the satisfaction of Krishna. Krishna wanted him to fight, and when he fought for the satisfaction of the Lord, that was the perfection of his professional devotional duty. On the other hand, when, contrary to the wish of Krishna, he was not willing to fight, that was imperfect. If one wants to perfect his life, he should discharge his prescribed duties for the satisfaction of Krishna. One must act in Krishna consciousness, for such action will never produce any reaction. This is also confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita. Activities should be performed simply for yajna or the satisfaction of Vishnu. Anything done otherwise without the satisfaction of Vishnu or yajna produces bondage. So here it is also prescribed by Kapila Muni that one can transcend material entanglement by acting in Krishna consciousness, which means seriously engaging in devotional service. This serious devotional service can develop by hearing for long periods of time. Chanting and hearing is the beginning of the process of devotional service. One should associate with devotees, hear from them about the Lord's transcendental appearance, activities, disappearance, instructions, etc. There are two kinds of shruti or scripture. One is spoken by the Lord, and the other is spoken about the Lord and his devotees. Bhagavad Gita is the former, and Srimad Bhagavatam is the latter. One must hear these scriptures repeatedly from reliable sources in order to become fixed in serious devotional service. Through engagement in such devotional service, one becomes free from the contamination of maya. It is stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam that hearing about the Supreme Personality of Godhead cleanses the heart of all contamination caused by the influence of the three modes of material nature. By continuous, regular hearing, the effects of contamination of lust and greed to enjoy or lorded over material nature diminish. And when lust and greed diminish, one then becomes situated in the mode of goodness. This is the stage of Brahman realization, or spiritual realization.
In this way, one becomes fixed on the transcendental platform. Remaining fixed on the transcendental platform is liberation from material entanglement. So we see that depending on our state of consciousness, it can go very quickly or it can take a very long time. But the process has started when we sincerely and seriously and sincerely call out to the Lord. That process of one chanting one name of Krishna with that sincerity, this one calling out, uh, can completely liberate us in the pure love of God. Like the example of Maharaj Kapanga. He was given a benediction by the demigods, any benediction he wanted. And he said, I would like to attain love of God, remember the Lord. And it's good that he chose that because he only had one moment to live. So his, his consciousness was prepared. His, and he purely called out and he obtained pure love of Godhead because his consciousness was ready to receive that. But we can be assured that when we call out the name of the Lord once, sincerely and seriously, that we have already attained the liberation from material existence. But it could take a matter of time. But the Lord is so attractive, He's all attractive. And He's the source of all these wonderful qualities that are being described in this verse. Merit, wealth, fame, longevity. He, he, the Lord, He imbibes all the good qualities in existence. And we, being part and parcel of Him, we have those same qualities same exact qualities. So it was also described in the scripture, by performing devotional service, we attain to the same qualities as a, as a Supreme Lord. We, we, we admire these qualities. So, now why would, why would the Lord hold back? Why would the Lord hold back merit from us? Longevity. Wealth. It's because um, we have to be ready to receive it. Everything that the Lord holds back is because we're not quite ready to receive it, and we won't take it in the right way. And so the Lord, He's very, very intelligent. And He knows exactly uh, what to give to us and what to take away from us. Like, uh, for a materialist, it's simply a matter of karma kanda, or karma. They have some pious uh, results coming, and so some are very rich, some, are, some have great fame and rich and wealth, and, and some uh, have, have performed many impious activities, and so we're suffering and enjoying the results of the past misdeeds. For devotees, it's different, though. For the devotees of the Lord, he is, he is seeing exactly what we need, and He's giving what we need. He's taking away what we need. And so we have faith in that. That's why I said in this world, generally devotees are very poor. They don't have a lot of money. Because generally we can't handle that money. We don't know how to take that money and use it for, for the, our own blessing and the blessing of everyone. Because we forget about Krishna. When we're given these merits, we forget about Krishna. So I'd like to also... Just um, speak about how the Lord, this is from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is how the Lord considers whether or not to endow a devotee with wealth or not. This is how the Lord, we can, we can see how the Lord thinks in this way. He says, If those who desire material enjoyment are merging into the existence of the absolute truth, engaged in the Lord's transcendental loving service, 
They will immediately obtain shelter at Krishna's lotus feet, although they did not ask for it. Krishna is, there, is therefore very merciful. So Krishna says, If one engages in my transcendental loving service, but at the same time wants the opulence of material enjoyment, he is very, very foolish. Indeed, he is just like a person who gives up ambrosia to drink poison. Since I am very intelligent, why should I give this fool material prosperity? Instead, I shall induce him to take nectar of the shelter of my lotus feet and make him forget illusory material enjoyment. So he, he snatches away the material wealth and he gives the nectar of his lotus feet. Whenever Krishna is requested to fulfill one's desire, he undoubtedly does so. So this, and this is how he does so. But he does not award anything which, after being enjoyed, will cause one to petition him again and again to fulfill further desires. When one has other desires but engages in the Lord's service, Krishna forcibly gives one shelter at his lotus feet, where one will forget all other desires. See, that's the key. So at one point, before coming to Krishna consciousness, I'm thinking enlightenment means that somebody waves the wand, and I attain this stage of uh, complete liberation and, and, and nirvana. That's what I'm thinking. But actually, liberation means a susukam kartamagya. It means joy and service to the Lord. It means vishayavinivartante niraharasya dehina, rasavarja rasapiyasya, paramjusvanivartante. It means rasa. It means tasting bliss. Like we were speaking last week, that the devotees, it says in Bhagavad Gita, that devotees are attaining transcendental bliss and pleasure, describing the Lord. And that is liberation. The liberation comes when Krishna replaces the desire for material benefit with the nectar of his lotus feet. That's what liberation means. But it doesn't mean that, like we're thinking in terms of a, like a goal, like an attainment. Once we reach the goal, then we can go back to enjoying the Nandanandana gardens and the heavenly planets, and we can give up this hearing and chanting. But it's said in the Shastras that great souls never give up hearing and chanting. This is the eternal occupation of the spirit soul. It is always deriving great transcendental pleasure discussing the pastimes of the Lord. And what happens is, is when the Lord cuts, cuts that desire, He cuts the knot in the heart to enjoy the material world, and he confers upon them uh, pure love for him. At that point, the Lord is not stingy. The Lord is not a miser. The Lord is extremely generous. And the Lord has everything. Just, just by breathing, just by sleeping and thinking, innumerable uh, universes come from his transcendental body. And in a single instance, he can create an opulent universe, an opulent planet, like he did for Dhruva Maharaj. Dhruva Maharaj, he said, uh, he was looking for great wealth. He attained the Lord. And he told, said, I was looking for pieces of broken glass. And the Lord said, that's okay. Now that you've attained the nectar of my lotus feet, now that I've replaced your desire, the transcendental desires, now I'm going to give you the whole kingdom. For the rest of your life, you're going to rule in this kingdom. 
And then you're going to go back to Godhead. Actually, I'm going to make a, a, a spiritual planet for you. And I'm going to be your doorkeeper. Because now you're ready to receive. I always wanted to give. I've always given you. Hari means to take away. When I take away, it's my blessing. Because I need to prepare you to receive what I want to give you. And in that state, you don't, you don't care for the wealth. Because you feel like it's pieces of broken glass. You feel like now that I have this, this love of God, that's all that I need. Everything else is extraneous. The six Goswamis, they're in transcendental bliss. But where is their residence? Underneath a tree. And Gorky Sordas Babaji, he's in transcendental bliss. He has all the wealth in the three worlds. He has wealth beyond the three worlds. But he wants to stay by a toilet and chant Hare Krishna. That means that they have true wealth, they have realized true wealth, and it doesn't matter. Like Pundarin Vijayanidhi, he had great wealth. And so uh, Gadadhar Pandit was thinking, I don't know if this is a devotee. Uh, usually, usually devotees don't have this much opulence. And then he was relishing the pastimes of the Lord. He went into ecstasy and he was destroying everything in his house in this ecstasy. So he didn't, he didn't care either way. Devotees are, are Atma Ram. It means that whatever Krishna gives, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's a Christian prayer. And so we can see that the Lord uh, has our best interest, and the Lord is wanting to confer on us all blessings. But He has to break through these barriers to receive Him. We need to receive Him first. We fully receive Him, and who knows what kind of adventure we're going to go on? Because when we're in the modes of nature, we're not on we're not on any type of exciting love journey. We're on some superficial uh, a superficial platform where there's no happiness, there's no real adventure. But when we when we attain this platform of of, of, the, of eliminating these uh, material obstacles. Then real life begins. The real adventure begins. So I'm going to end a little early because there's a lot of transcendental activities going on in here. <laughs> and also, I have to get ready for Hari now. Yes? Where is the verse you read? Where is the verse about going for a long time? Okay, so that one was. What is the name? On your. <laughs> that one is um, the third canto, twenty-seventh chapter. So actually, we're gonna we're gonna be there. That's the fundamental principles of material nature. That is twenty-one. Mm-hmm. So you said you were gonna read that as a counterpoint, or what's the reconciliation? So this this particular verse is. Saying that when we hear this narration about the demon her Nyasha being killed by the Lord, we get all these benefits. But we may be thinking, like, I heard it, where's my benefits? <laughs> so also seeing that, you know, also our idea about what a long time is is different than the transcendental ideas, too. Yeah. So Krishna says, one can get liberation by seriously discharging devotional service unto me, 
and thereby hearing for a long time about me or from me. By thus executing one's prescribed duties, there will be no reaction, and one will be free from the contamination of matter. Yes, that, yeah, you're correct. Kapila Dev, Devahuti. Yes. What, what exactly has he meant when he said Krishna is the personality of God? What exactly? Yeah. So there's three features of God. There's his energy, and the impersonal is known as the Brahma Jyoti, the impersonal energies of God. And then there's also the, the Paramatma, which the Krishna's know is the Holy Spirit in the heart. And then there's a Bhagavan. And that means that um, the full realization of God is realizing Him personally. And in this personal form, He has unlimited different um, forms. And, but with all these forms, He's engaging with um, His eternal associates in the spiritual world. So when we just attain the, uh, the, the impersonal realization, it's extremely limited. That realization of God is very limited. Because we can't actually access the love of God from that platform. There can be some peace. There's peace in impersonal liberation. Or, uh, also, impersonalism, also being in this world is also impersonalism. Because we're trying to enjoy Krishna's energy separate from Him. Like, this is all Krishna's energy. It's all, it's all divine energy. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita. So that also, we cannot attain love, of love for God. With the Paramatma, we try to access God to, to ask for material blessings, generally. Because we want power from God. Generally, that's, that's, that's the process of approaching Paramatma. But Bhagavan, Krishna, there's only one thing He wants, and He wants, he wants our love, and he wants, uh, and he wants an eternal connection with us. So that's, that's why we can see practically that the personal realization of God is the highest. With the personality, we can have a free will, loving exchange with the Supreme Lord. So, when the Christians, when the Christians say God, what asking for that do they mean in relationship to Krishna? Usually, God's energies. God's energies. Usually, His energies. Of course, Jesus, He He spoke of a personal God. But he didn't go into detail about this person. But he did speak about the personal loving God. So there is, a, uh, there is an aspect of, of bhakti in Christianity. Because there was this idea about loving God and serving God. But just, it was a very, very brief introduction that there is a personal God. But generally, Christianity, they're, they're approaching God to associate with his energies. Or to derive benefit from them. Generally. But that wasn't Jesus' goal. That wasn't his goal. Real Christianity means that beginning stages of understanding God's a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's the last class. Sorry about the interruption. No, it's okay. um, I was trying to remember this. You mentioned Maharaj Kepan. Is he the one that got so enamored with the heavenly? No, she or whatever her name was. No, that's not He was fighting. He was fighting the demigods, and they were so pleased. They gave him a boon. So, what, what do you want? I want to know when I'm going to die. Oh, uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the one that, that uh, got, you know, so wound up with the 
So by chanting the 16 rounds, we have, we get to know Krishna more, right? Yes. Prabhupada said if you chant 16 rounds a day, your deathlessness is guaranteed. Jai Shiva Bhagavatam Ki Jai Shiva Bhagavatam Ki Jai Gora Pramodas